Welcome to Sunday Drivers, everybody. I'm Dan Brady, and I am joined by Linus, as always. And this week, we have a lot to talk about, man. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you, man? Oh, not too bad. Uh, good weekend of racing all around, I think. Uh, what are your, your general thoughts? Yeah, Atlanta put on a great show. Xfinity, not really what I expected, but still some great racing. Um, good to see the different series handling differently as well. Uh, but uh, we can start it off pretty interestingly with uh, the truck series qualifying at uh, Mid-Ohio, which I thought, I mean, uh, if, 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 if it would have rained when they were supposed to have the race, I think don't even throw the green flag like as that was just a cluster but thankfully sun came out and the race was really good so overall it's been a great week in a racing well it's one of those like yeah we can we can drive in the rain but how many guys in the truck series has driven in the rain before you know it's and then you have the 46 car laying down oil in the uh in the or the practice for the trucks with uh glory to god racing and then I'll <laughs> NASCAR ship poster driver. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he was in the number 43, drove right through the oil slick and wrecked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, I didn't sit, watch practice, but I saw something about it happening twice as well. Mm-hmm. Him laying down oil on the track. So, I mean, NASCAR has got to do something about that as well. And apparently it's not even the first time. So, I don't know, but it's, uh, it's the truck series and they're away in their own little place away from the other series. So I guess it's a bit of a, it's a bit more of a free for all when they're away doing their own thing. Yeah. The, the iner- inaugural truck race at mid Ohio. Uh, I can't remember a time where trucks raced on so many different road courses. The, I, I think they, they're going to be at the Glen this year too, if I remember correctly. So it's, it's uh, there. I mean, in my opinion, they're doing way too many races away from the Cup Series as well, uh, and to have them going to road courses when they're away is even weirder. But uh, I mean, it's uh, it's good for the experience for the guys coming up to go to all these different road courses. So uh, in the end, it'll probably just pay off for them. Yeah, I th- it produced some pretty good racing for the lead especially the last four or five laps between Parker Klingerman and Zane Smith, which I, I thought was an absolute dogfight and probably one of the cleanest uh, races uh, for the lead we'll see in the truck series, let alone racing. Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> as usual, just expecting Zane to do something there to Parker, but uh, I mean... Sane is racing for a championship. Parker is racing every now and then. And if he shows, if uh, Sane wrecks him there and Parker shows up to one of the playoff races, you know, Sane ain't winning that championship. So I think, uh, plus he said as well, he uh, got pushed by Parker Klingerman to the win at Daytona, I think it was. So yeah. he didn't really want to wreck him. But I think his mindset or must have been in the long game as well. Like I'm better off finishing second here, getting points to secure the regular season championship you know rather than getting taken out in the first playoff round by this guy if he shows up to race so uh, but still it's nice to see that they can actually finish a road course race side by side almost without wrecking each other 
because uh, we've not been spoiled with that in the last few years of NASCAR road course racing, unfortunately. I I was expecting it. Um, I like Zane Smith, but I like you said, he's said in the post-race interview, I'm not going to dump the guy that pushed me to the lead at Daytona. So it, it was good to see, especially you got to see uh, Klingerman's heart. He was driving the hell out of that. Um, hold on one second. All right, I'm going to edit this. He was, uh, you know, driving his heart out in those last couple of laps, especially for a lower funded team. So I think Parker showed everybody that he's just not a pit road reporter, you know, that hasn't won since 2015. I, I hope this pushes him to, um, either a full season ride next year or a better ride in one of the upper levels. Yeah, he's proven himself in pretty much all the races he's done this year. So, uh, I mean, in the end, it comes down to funding, but still, it would be nice to see someone take a gamble on him and put him in a car full time because, you know, who wouldn't want a winner, even if it might cost you a little bit. But a winner is going to bring sponsorship. So, could be someone taking a chance on him and hoping to get some sponsors because they know they have a driver who can win. And I mean, he's, he's well deserving of that as well, especially after how he raced, won a stage, finished second in stage two, and then won the race and clean racing all, all race long and made pretty much no mistakes whatsoever. So it's going to be fun to see what he can do the remainder remaining races that he has this season. Right. Um, I, I hope it it grows something for him in terms of I think next year we'll probably see him run a full schedule in the truck series. Um, but I've I've been reading that um, apparently the details of like the the truck schedule for next year has a lot of truck drivers upset in the garage. They haven't released it. But it definitely sounds like the schedule next year is going to be completely different. Yeah, I haven't heard anything there. But again, like if it's going to be a development series and they want them to practice pit stops and stuff, they need to be with their cup in the Xfinity series as much as possible. You know, because the more races they do away from that, uh, the less marketable they will be with sponsors because. You know, if they go to, say, Luke Soil in Indianapolis like they're going to do here in a few weeks, you know, there's not going to be a lot of people there. Unless, like if they would have gone with them to, say, New Hampshire this weekend, that would have been a lot more people, which means that their uh, the worth of the sponsorship on the trucks would have been a lot more. So if they're going to go away and do more races away from the Cup and Xfinity Series, you know, that's going to hurt the teams the drivers because they're not going to get to practice pit stops you know everything is just going to get worse so i mean i haven't heard the rumors but if uh, if that's the way they're going that's not going to be good and if they put 100 of these races along the cup series that would be just great in my opinion yeah i agree with you for the most part but like lucas oil they are doing that the same weekend as the cup series out in indianapolis but for the most part I mean, back in the day, the series was at all the local short tracks you could go to on the weekend, but that's when all the truck drivers were just veterans, just old guys out there trying to win money. But now 
it's it's a developmental series. If you want to get these guys ready for Xfinity and Cup, why aren't you racing where Xfinity races and Cup races? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Indianapolis might not have been the best of examples, but you know, you know what I mean. Like they're going. Oh no, I get it. Like, like this week, for example, go to Mid Ohio rather than come with them to Atlanta. Obviously, they don't want to tor- t- tear up all their cars on a super speedway, but still, Mid Ohio probably had quite a few people there because it was it's the only NASCAR race they get over there now. But yeah, still, I mean, I could see it. If they ran a Xfinity truck double header at Mid Ohio, that would make sense to me, but not when the rest of the series is down in uh, um, Atlanta. Yeah, and Arca isn't bringing many fans there, you know, to no. help them out either. The Snooze Fest series isn't doing anything to help them out. I, what John Hunter Nemechek lapped almost every car, but the front seven. <laughs> what a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, Xfinity race. Uh, I didn't watch a whole lot of it. I watched the the final stage, but uh, Austin Hill uh, once again proving that even though nobody talks about him, he's still going to win a race. Yeah, that was uh, that was a weird one. You know, I was expecting it kind of to be like the Cup Series this uh, earlier this year. And like the Cup Series ended up being on Sunday, but you know they had groups of seven, eight cars pulling away from the packs and side by side, and then they went single file, and it was like it was almost like a normal mile and a half, but at the same time not. It it was kind of weird. Uh, still made it interesting though, and they were there was great racing all the way through, uh, and obviously Austin Hill with the win, well deserved. Uh, one stage two, I believe, as well as winning the race, so. Uh, RCR had some really fast cars there and their affiliates. So, uh, you know, they were almost unstoppable. Um, but it, it was re- really a weird race, that one. Um, not at all what I expected, but still uh, great racing all the way through. And, you know, a lot of different packs. And then obviously we had uh, an interesting moment where they came up to lap, I think, four cars at once. Three of them went to the top and Natalie Decker stayed on the bottom. But thankfully yeah. they survived. <laughs> Oh, Natalie Decker. Um, Austin Hill wins the second Xfinity race, and it's also the second race where they had food in victory lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw <laughs> something about Noah coming in there stealing a grape or whatever it was. It was uh, a Georgia peach. Peach. Yeah, it was a cooler full of peaches. But in Daytona, it was a cooler full of, like, prime rib. <laughs> Just weird. Something something that sticks out to me, like having food in Victory Lane. Um, especially a peach after after a long race in the heat. Uh I mean, other than that, the Xfinity races, it was good. Um I I expected I expected a lot more racing for the lead and stuff like that and passes. Uh because Xfinity is usually the series we see where a bunch of people just send it for the lead, but uh, it was overall pretty quiet, I think. Yeah, no real big crashes either. A couple of self-spins, for example. Our favorite driver spinning by himself by the end of lap number two, which was uh, 
a bit weird and then sheldon was it spun yeah a few laps later so it was a couple of you know crashes sort of in the final stage but other than that they were really well behaved for being on uh, that type of track so no that's uh, that really surprised me as well yeah um overall uh, before we get into talking about the cup series do you like atlanta like this um i watching the race is obviously a lot more interesting uh the previous atlanta before the repave you know was great in a whole different way uh, wore out the tires you know long runs it would be more about the driver you know uh, who could yeah. manage their tires so it was more like an old school race but obviously they showed the pictures after last year's race and they had to do something about the track so if they would have repaved it it probably would have been like texas if not even worse uh so i'm really happy with the configuration the way it is xfinity obviously was a bit weird uh but uh, the cup series is definitely put on the show so this configuration of atlanta along with the next gen car is definitely a great combination though i just hope they don't do it in any more places because you know it has to be exclusive two races a year of this is enough in my opinion i i think if they were going to use this package at another track it should be something like michigan or california if you want to run these big super speedway packages run them on a two mile track i i don't know what we're going to see at michigan but if we see something like we saw at california back in march it's going to be a good race but if that doesn't happen slap this package on those cars it'd be a fantastic experience (laughs) six lane wide super speedway (laughs) that would be amazing Oh man, <laughs> that'd be fair. I love I love going to Michigan because it's such a great track and it's the first race I ever went to. But man, that'd be fantastic just sitting in the stands and watching all that transpire. We'd probably see so many wrecks that only like three or four cars would end on the lead lap. It, uh, that remind me of the Bush race uh, the that we had a couple years ago where um eric jones won but like half his car was torn up mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but uh anyway uh chase elliott wins at his home track in atlanta <clears throat> and ross chastain once again rubs toyota drivers the wrong way mm-hmm. yeah it's <laughs> reoccurring and twice was it maybe two or three times this week as well um so obviously this was quite a bit different than last time because a lot of drivers got loose on the bottom or tight or whatever it was to cost them to push up but still uh for him to get into denny hamlin out of all the drivers he could have gotten into probably not the best scenario for for him unfortunately well he got into truex earlier in the race too so Mm -hmm. it's it's at a point like i like ross he's a good driver but you can't keep apologizing for racing like this and then not change your driving. If you're going to drive like this, cool, but stop apologizing. Yeah, it's uh, got to, something's got to happen there. I mean, if uh, 
if Danny Hamlin doesn't make it to the final four and Ross does, you know, it's going to be a three horse race for the championship. Definitely. Cause it's gotten to a point, like Hamlin said uh, in an interview after the race that I saw something of like, everyone's got their limit and he's re- reached his limit or something like that. So um, he's definitely had enough of Ross Chastain. So if he doesn't change his way of racing soon and stop getting into people like this, he is, uh, he's going to have uh, real big uh, issues go- going through the playoffs because there is going to be a lot of drivers that are not going to let him do well in those races. If they get a chance to take him out, it's uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. The, the guys over at Trackhouse need to do something there as well. Last time somebody uh, tweeted at Chastain for his behavior on track, Justin Marks went out and just defended him and said, "Bring it on!" But you know he can't keep doing that either because uh, eventually it's going to start hurting. Yeah, both the results and the wallet. You, I didn't agree with that because Ross admitted he was in a wrong and just apologized up and down for it, and then Justin Marks says like, oh, and Ross Chastain also welcomed all retaliation. He said, I deserve what he get. And then his boss goes out there and says like, if you give it back to us, we're going to, this is going to be a war. And it's like, bro, calm down. Like, mm-hmm. I, Ross, it was touched on the interview. Like Steve Letart said it, there's no way Ross is going to win a championship this year when the whole field hates him. No. That that's just not happening. Nobody's gonna let him walk away, especially if he if he upsets somebody like Joey Logano too, because Joey Logano can be as petty as Denny Hamlin. You know, um, it's just it's one of those things. Like, yeah, it's stock car racing, but he's doing stuff on lap two or three that's saved for the last lap of the race. Yeah, yeah, it's like people comparing him to Dale Earnhardt oh when Dale did this you were like hailing him as a hero now that Ross does it is all wrong yeah the difference is Dale did it two laps from the end Ross does it two laps into the race that's uh, quite a big difference you know yeah and it's also to go back to it like he just even on a radio he's like yep that's my fault that's my fault if you realize you're doing this then stop get better <laughs> I mean, we are actively seeing Ty Gibbs mature as a driver and learn from what he's racing completely different than what he did at the beginning of the season. If he can do that, then Ross should be able to. If not, man, just own into it. Be the villain. Yeah, I mean, if he just stopped apologizing and said he doesn't care, that would be one thing. People would probably hate him, but, you know, He's acknowledging that he's doing something wrong and he's not doing anything about it. That's uh, that's where the biggest issue is, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, overall, a pretty good race. A lot of a lot of lead changes. Um, a lot of wrecks too. Uh, we had two mm-hmm. bigger ones. <sighs> overall, like the experiment for me has been a success at Atlanta. Yeah, this uh, this race was almost better than the first race. Obviously, no one knew what to expect coming into Atlanta last time around. Uh, but the racing this time, you know, they had a bit more experience with it. They knew what to expect, sort of. Even though it was really hard and slick, they couldn't really do everything they wanted to. Uh, but still, lead changes all the time. Several different cars up at the front. 
and Chase Elliott, sure, he won stage one, two, and the race, but that does not tell the tale of the whole race because he, uh, yes, he was up there all the time leading a lot of laps, but there were like 15, 20 different guys that could have won that race, you know, different people had speeds at different points throughout the race and just, you know, creating runs on the top and then on the bottom, it, it was just so unpredictable until the very end. So I think this track with this package is, is here to stay for quite a few years ahead. Definitely. Yeah, I, um, I, <clears throat> the last 10 laps for me, I was on the edge of my seat because I, everybody likes a good underdog story. And I don't think there would have been a bigger underdog story than Corey LaJoy uh, winning at Atlanta yesterday. Because not only was he there at the end, but he was there for a majority of the race. I think he led a good amount of laps. He showed skills. There's a couple of times where he shot past the leaders and knew when to move up. He wasn't driving like an asshole. And, you know, if it wasn't for those final cautions, who knows what would have happened. But at the end, he he kind of just said, I'm going to send it. Went Try to go by Chase on the top. Chase blocks him, which I don't think there's – was it a shitty block? Yeah, but it's the final lap of the race. Everything's out the window when that white flag comes out. And LaJoy probably would have got by him, and then we would have had a big battle for the lead between him, Chastain, and Elliott. But overall, uh, not the biggest fan of Chase Elliott, but it was a good finish. Um, and again, you see people arguing about how quick they threw that caution at the end which goes back to something we talk about almost every episode, it seems. They need uniformity when it comes to throwing cautions and what cautions and when to throw. Yeah, this, uh, speaking of the caution, and first that, I think that final caution was warranted because that was that was a really hard hit head on into the wall yeah. that he had. And that was pretty early on the final lap as well. And, you know, that was the leaders that went into the wall. So they had the whole pack coming behind them as well. And obviously, before the cautions out and they start slowing down, everyone's already gone past, but they need to get out on track and help those guys right away. So uh, I think that caution was warranted, especially with how early it was. If it was in turns three and four, maybe they could have waited. I hope it was in one and two now when I say this, but I think it was because it felt pretty early on the final lap. But, you know, he, he goes head on into the wall and that's warranting a caution at any time. If he just slides up there, stays on the wall, slides across the track a little bit, you know, no one hits him. That's one thing. But with how hard that hit was into the wall, they had to throw that caution. And haters are always going to hate, you know, always going to complain. Oh, they threw the caution because Chase Elliott was leading, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mickey Mouse win, speaking of what you have behind you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I love those people, by the way. Uh, but yeah, for Corey LaJoy to have the race that he did as well, that was amazing. And it's not like he was up there for 10 laps. He was up there for a lot of that race. Uh, and towards the end, you know, back and forth into the lead making moves. I just hope he can get a shot in a, in a good car sometime soon to prove how good he really is. Because whenever he gets uh, the A-grade a engine, like he calls it on the super speedways, he's always up there. Yeah. Uh, I also... I think maybe Spire Motorsports will respect them a little bit more because one of one of the issues I have is he's driven for them for the past two years, got them some good TV time, uh, hasn't 
not a top five for them. I think a top 10 at Talladega, but they, they keep doing cars in the Xfinity and trucks and just throwing Hendricks drivers in them. I understand that Hendrick funds a lot of those cars, but how about you give an opportunity to somebody who's breaking his back for you guys? Like, cause the lower level guys get no like company simulator time. They, they always get passed over, but Corey LaJoy has proven that he can drive. In the ARCA series, he was a hell of a driver when he had a good team beneath him. And just unfortunately, he's one of those stories where he just kind of gets tossed to the wayside. But give this man an opportunity, you know? Yeah, even Rick Hendricks said in an interview I saw somewhere that it would have been a Cinderella story had he won and that he's a good driver and whatnot. So maybe... You know, they're all talking about it, but no one's willing to do anything. So maybe, hopefully, this can open at least some door to give him one or two rides somewhere in the Xfinity or Truck Series or whatever, you know, just to let him prove to people what he can do and maybe get that first win because he he deserves it, definitely, after how he's been performing on both Atlanta races this year and previously on super speedways and other tracks as well. And he can... Even back to his ARCA record, he can win at those other tracks too. He's He was really good at Dover, Pocono, uh, Michigan. So he's just one of those drivers, I think, that should get a good shot. Like, it doesn't even have to be one of the top-tier teams. Because now he could be, you know, front row or petty GMS. They're, they're doing okay. Um, so... Hopefully next year or whenever his contract's up, he, he gets a better deal. But if you remember a couple years ago uh, when Jimmy Johnson announced he was retiring, he gave that, uh, I don't know the contents of the letter, but he gave a letter uh, describing to Rick Hendricks why he deserves that car. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, he's proven he's resourceful. He's connected with NASCAR. He has the stacking pennies podcast he has a good pr team all he's just waiting is for the spotlight man he he could be a star yeah it's uh, i mean he's got i don't know how much money his sponsorship is bringing in and if that's his or if that spires most of it but you know if he if he can just find someone to fund a good car for him he will be up there soon because he has been grinding his ass off for so many years now he uh, he deserves a shot at the top more than anyone, I think. Yeah, I mean, like even yesterday, uh, you got Daniel Suarez, who, who's now in a good car. He's in. He finished in the top ten. I mean, something like that could happen to Corey LaJoy. Plus, the fans like him. He's had. I mean, the way he's kind of gained popularity is through his sponsors like he had the scooby-doo sponsor that everybody loved the mystery machine at uh, i think it was martinsville he also had the Mm -hmm. memorable he couldn't get any funding for his car at daytona so he just put his face on the vehicle so he's he's liked um i just he needs a shot and i think that's all he needs i i think he'll shine hopefully i mean He's in Rick, Rick Hendricks's radar. His team, Hendricks' team is good, but 
they might need some new blood in the next couple of years. So hopefully, but who knows, man, I never would have thought because on plate tracks, the, the lower level guys would emerge at the end, you know, they were never up there, but LaJoy just went out there and showed the entire world that, yeah, I can drive. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like it's the first time either. So uh, he ran good there earlier this year. He's been running on a different super speedway tracks over the last few years, whenever he's been given a car able to do it. So uh, as long, I mean, he's had good results at a couple of other tracks as well. Can't remember top off the top of my head, which ones it was, but whenever they give him a good enough car to do it, you know, he, he's right there, obviously not competing for the win every time, but you know, around the top 10, Stacking those pennies. So just hope for him that it, it will pay off sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've seen drivers like that, you know, start with a bunch of, I mean, Alex Bowman's one of the better examples. He started with BK racing uh, and just went nowhere and then got an opportunity. And now he's not the greatest driver in the stable, but he's doing good. He's doing better than when he was a rookie. Yeah, he's winning races as well. So, I mean, just give people a good car and most of them will will perform. And uh, he's definitely not an exception to that. And again, a good season this year, qualified for the playoffs. So he's uh, Bowman is definitely in a position to go far as well. Yeah, he can. It's just, it seems like a lot of the teams, they, there's an ebb and flow where they'll do really good for a couple of weeks with this car, and then they'll drop off, and then they'll do really good. Because a couple months ago, William Byron was doing what Chase Elliott is doing now, you know? And it just, it kind of seems to change every couple of weeks. So who knows uh, who's going to be dominant? Yeah, Chase Elliott is definitely peaked uh, here over the last few weeks and seeing him win at I mean if you want to call it a super speedway I don't know but uh, at a super speedway light track I was not one to think that that would be able to happen and you know he swept the whole race 60 points all the playoff points so that was really surprising to me because uh, when you talk of super speedways he's definitely not the first name to pop up in my head but he's uh, he's won at different types of tracks now this year including this one so you know he's uh, he's proving again that he he can race at all different types of tracks so he's he's definitely going to be a favorite for the championship as well i think and for the future you know there is no reason why he can't click off you know six seven wins every year yeah no i i agree my issue with chase elliott is the fan base yeah agreed even though my fiance is a chase elliott fan We all have flaws. Um, but no, I just, it's the fans for me. I, I like Chase. He's a pretty neutral person. I, I think he, I just don't get how he dominates the most popular vote every year. But other than that, man, the guy has the tools to be a multi-time cup champion. A hundred percent. Yeah, thankfully the fans don't make a driver because, you know, I mean, he, he's a great driver and he's a, a good person from what I've seen. I obviously never spoke to him more than a high when I stuck my fiance's cap in his face to sign, but uh, <laughs> at least it did sign it. Uh, but yeah, the fan base is, uh, is a whole other story and 
uh, like every sport, there are toxic fan bases, and he his one is uh, right up there at the top. I don't know if it's the worst, but uh, yeah, when a call go or a race goes their way, everyone else is are crybabies, and they're gonna push it in their faces. And then as soon as something goes against Chase, Chase Elliott, everyone are crybabies because you know they're against Chase Elliott instead. So I, I don't really know. There's just no winning when you're having a conversation with them, unfortunately. Right. Oh, you're just saying, yeah, there's Twitter's full of those people. Like anybody says anything bad about their driver, then they'll make posts about I you can't support anybody anymore. It's like, no, not saying that. It's just you need to recognize the people you worship are flawed. But uh Eric Jones had a top five yesterday. I, I'm glad he's he's having a good season. Um didn't really do the best he could at Gibbs, but so far he with a again a lower level team, he's doing pretty pretty decent this year. Could have could have won Talladega, but you know, driver error error. So who sees who knows what will happen at Daytona. Yeah, good uh, good result, even though he didn't score any stage points, you know, he still had a solid solid result to the race, and that's that's what counts the most. Obviously, stage points are still important, but uh, in his position, I think, uh, you know, he's in a must-win situation as well. He's out by over 70 points, and if we get another first-time winner, he's even further out. So, uh, like all those other guys, he's ne- he still needs to get that win if he wants to get in the playoffs, but uh, I think uh, he's still way outperforming what I think most people had expected out of that 43 car. And then obviously with the new car, no one knows what to expect. Uh, but there are quite a few fast guys who should be ahead of him that are behind him in the standings. So uh, even if he doesn't make the playoffs this year, I think uh, he's got to be pleased with what he's uh, been able to accomplish so far. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of teams are going to walk away with a good feeling this year. Like um, Michael McDowell didn't finish in the top 10 this week, but their season has been he finished 15th still uh their season has been fantastic there's no reason not to think that he couldn't win at Watkins Glen or Daytona coming up so it's it's a very very interesting season so far yeah he's uh he's not really been showing or didn't show that much pace this weekend unfortunately uh, but finishing top P15 is still not bad, but he's uh, with the speed he's had on super speedway or road courses, sorry, uh, especially this year, you know, he could uh, make his way into the playoffs on these uh, last two road course races that we got. I mean, uh, and that would knock some really good drivers out of the playoffs as well. Should he show up and win on one of those road courses, but um, you know, it's anyone's game and uh that that as well. I mean, even if he doesn't make the playoffs, he's he's got to be happy with how his season has went. Because the only reason he got in the playoffs last year uh, is because of that, or when he won the Daytona 500, is because of that win, right? Uh, you know. But uh, if he doesn't win this year, obviously he's not getting in the playoffs. But still, they've been performing well above what they should be. One top in that car, five. So. One top five, seven top tens, 38 laps led, and an average finish of 16.4. I, that's, I mean, that's a great season for for front row motorsports, even if they don't get a win. Because I'm sure they're probably going to add a couple more top tens to that. Uh, but, yeah, good good for him. 
I I hope to see him win at a non uh, restrictor plate track. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, they. Uh, it's it's the thing, you know. All these guys they win on super speedways, and people are like, "Oh yeah, but it's only super speedway win until they win at a regular track." But if he can get it done on a road course, you know, no one's going to be able to say anything. And he's definitely showed the speed, so I don't see why he wouldn't be able to get one before the playoff starts. Yeah, and he's a he's a road course driver too. I think his Xfinity series went one came at a road course, so who knows? I. Again, season is very unpredictable. Speaking of unpredictability, next week we will see the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series race at New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's hope they don't repeat last year's cluster. <laughs> if there was to be rain, yeah, yeah, that was that's one of those. They could have went ten extra laps. I mean, I'm. Good for Eric Amarola. That was a feel-good win. But Christopher Bell got shafted, I think. We talked about this last week, but I Christopher Bell has that track in his sights. I mean, anytime he hops in the Xfinity car, he has one there. I think he's like four for four at that track in the Xfinity series. So I, I think we will finally see him break through next week. Uh, which is good because he's at the cups of not being able to make it into the playoffs. But other than that, um, I don't know what to expect. Yeah, it's um, either it's going to be sort of like gateway because of the shape being kind of similar, even though it's a bit flatter or, you know, it's just going to be single file. Like we saw Martinsville, Uh, but I'm hoping it's going to be at least some sort of good racing with some side by side and, you know, some bump and runs and stuff. And Christopher Bell, definitely one of those that needs uh, good results. But uh, uh, we've obviously last time around was in a different car, but the Toyota guys showed up uh, pretty strong there until they got taken out early by the rain and the caution not coming out in time. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Kyle Busch up front or maybe Truex will get his first win. Still, I think he's going to get in the playoffs no matter what. But uh, again, teammates of Christopher Bell. So I think uh, we're agreeing pretty strongly on it being at least a Joe Gibbs racing Toyota going into victory lane, unless uh, Kurt Busch or Bubba can find a speed they've been finding quite a lot this year. Um, and maybe one of them can break through. But uh, I think uh, on my part, I'm going to say Kyle Busch or Martin Truex Jr. in victory yeah, lane. New Hampshire has been one of those tracks where it's either like a Toyota dominates or a Ford especially a Penske driver or Kevin Harvick. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, big predictions and stuff like that, because everything has been a surprise this year. I think New Hampshire, if Christopher Bell doesn't get it done, I think we'll see Kevin Harvick return to victory lane. Yeah, that would be pretty big as well because at the moment in the playoff standings, he's actually 17th. So he's uh, mm-hmm. outside of the playoffs despite being 11th in points. So he definitely needs uh, a win. 19 points behind Christopher Bell. So he's... Uh, if he could get it done, that would definitely make their, their next few weeks quite a lot easier. Yeah, everybody talks about Phoenix and, you know, Harvick winning nine times there. 
but Harvick's tied for most wins at New Hampshire. So he he knows the track, but it's just whether or not he gets a good car and how the race goes, especially if it's just a, hey, you qualified pole, you're going to dominate the entire race and win. So I think it all depends on whether or not we get a second groove open up. But other than... But if that second groove doesn't come in, it's going to be a follow the leader race, just like Martinsville was. Yeah, then track position is going to be super key as well. And hopefully then we can get at least some sort of green flag pit stops or something will happen. And, you know, pit crews and uh, loose tires have been a theme this year as well. So uh, it'd be fun to see them get involved some as well if we were to have a single file racetrack and have the best crews maybe be the ones who decide the race winner. But, um, I mean, yeah, we've... Harvick has shown speed, so I don't see why he wouldn't qualify on pole and just run away with it. Maybe. Yeah, there's there's no reason why that couldn't happen. I, I just think, again, the unpredictability of this car. Who knows? Who yeah. knows what's going to happen? Uh, before, you know, we get out of this, I would like to talk about... Noah Gregson getting penalized for his actions. We talked about it last episode, but he was fined 30 points and uh, $35,000 for intentionally Mm -hmm. crashing into Sage Graham on Saturday at uh, Road America. Um, I agree with this. I think if we're, we're seeing a bunch of aggressive driving lately, I think if it continues, NASCAR needs to step in at some point. Yeah, I mean, they, they got to draw a line somewhere. And, you know, again, people are saying, oh, he got fined for that. But Chastain takes up half the field and doesn't get penalized. What that's all about, you know, it's it's not even the same thing. This guy literally turned right into another driver on a straightaway, taking out like 13 cars and then afterwards even admitting that it was on purpose. Yeah. yeah and I don't know if that's what made him get the penalty or if it was the action in itself. Uh, but even if he doesn't admit to it, it's pretty obvious that it is on purpose because, you know, he just hooks it right and they can't have that. You know, it's, it makes the sport looks bad, look bad. Uh, teams, you know, going to have to spend a lot of extra money they normally wouldn't have had to spend. And I mean, they, they, they just yeah. can't have that at this level. It's, it's not good in any way. So a penalty had to come if it was too stiff or not enough. I don't know. Because in the end, it's not going to hurt him at all. It's going to cost him $35,000 and maybe a playoff point or two, depending on what happens in the standings with those 30 points. Uh, but, you know, it's it doesn't affect his playoff points other than if he loses a spot or two in the standings. So in the end, it's not a very stiff penalty at all yeah. if you look at it in the long in the long run. I think if you ask, ask uh, Junior Motorsports, it's probably a stiff penalty, but if you ask the lower-funded teams that can barely survive after the wreck, probably isn't. But uh, I think it's kind of like we see people intentionally spin to bring out cautions, you know, a decent amount, but they're only penalized when they when they go on their radio or inter- interview and say they did it. I, I think they find them because he admitted to doing it. And to your point, there is a difference between going into a corner and not lifting, lifting off the gas and then just throwing a tantrum, tantrum and turning right into a guy and taking them out.
yeah so anyway uh <laughs> um yeah that's that's really all i got you got any final words on atlanta um not really not other than what we've talked about you know it's uh it's a great place can't wait to go there in uh october even though they're not going to be racing still going to get to see the place so that's going to be cool but uh yeah, I, I hope they keep going back here twice a year for uh, for the next few years at least because this is a race that we need in the cup schedule with how exciting it is. And, you know, the the back markers need their chance to shine as well, like we saw with a couple of drivers this week. So it's, uh, it's a good place, and I hope they keep going here for, for a long time ahead. I, I think with the history at the track alone, uh, it's never going to be removed from the schedule. But... Yeah, I agree. Twice a year until the end of time. Let's do it. Uh, you know, it's Atlanta was a great strategy race, like endurance test of the driver. But now it's it's like, hey, can you get through all this and still win? But yeah, I uh, can't wait to talk about Lauda next week. I hope there's a lot of action. Uh, I don't ever want to do an episode again like we did at the Road America where we just kind of stared at each other for a while. Other than that, I hope everybody enjoyed listening to this episode, and we will be back next Monday uh, talking about Loudon.